Welcome to The Hopeful Creative. I'm your host, Gina Bow, and this is where we'll talk about how to pursue living a creative life with hope. I know how difficult it can be to do your creative thing while facing the dragons of comparison, rejection, resistance, and despair, but there is a way to do what you love to put good and beautiful things out into the world. So listen in as we talk about how to pursue your creative calling with hope and purpose. Welcome back to The Hopeful Creative. My guest today is someone uh, for whom I have had a front row seat to their creative journey for their entire life. Uh, My son, Harrison Bow, is my guest today. Harrison is currently residing in Nashville and doing everything he can to kind of make it in music, as they say. So uh, I won't tell you a whole lot about Harrison right now because we're going to talk a little bit more about who he is and his journey on today's podcast, but I'm glad you're here. I'm glad you're going to get to hear his story, um, his story thus far, I should say. So uh, welcome, Harrison Bo. Harrison, you're on. Hello. Thank you for having me. Oh, thanks for being here. <laughs> I have a little a- bit of a little bit of pull getting you I on the podcast. Say, I know it was a long, long process in order to get here, but I mean, I had to go through your people, and your people had to talk to my people, and, and ugh, you, you sent me and you sent me a text and said, "Hey, does noon Saturday work?" And I said, <laughs> "Yep, sounds good." That's all it took. So, well, I we've talked about doing this for a little while, and to be honest, we could probably spend about three hours talking about life and songs and and your journey and all that. And this may turn into a couple of episodes because there are, there are a lot of things that I want to talk about. And I think a few things that would benefit some of the people that listen to this podcast. So, um, but mostly what I want to talk about with you is just kind of what I'm calling the, the price of chasing a dream. And you have been chasing a dream for a few years now. And um, before we talk about that, just tell us for the people who don't know you, and so I don't sound like some, you know, momager kind of person who's trying to brag on her own kid. Uh-huh. Um, yeah, just tell people who you are and, and what you're doing right now. Yeah. Well, like you said, I uh, I live in Nashville, Tennessee these days, and um, basically, you know, just I moved down here. Little over, little over a year ago, with a couple of buddies who um, I knew from Nebraska, where I was born and raised, and um, they were moving down here, and they said they needed another roommate, and they asked if I would come, and I said that sounds like a real good time. So I packed up all my stuff on that fateful September day, and <laughs> I um, I drove down to Nashville. I've been here, like I said, for a little over a year, just writing, meeting people, trying to play out, releasing music, um, posting TikTok videos, all of that fun stuff. And yep, just kind of trying to do the thing that everybody else in Nashville is trying to do. So yeah. Very cool. So looking back, just tell me, um, tell the listeners, because I know, but Mm -hmm. um, when do you feel like you knew kind of in your heart that this is what you wanted to pursue, like for your life calling? Yeah. Well, the first time I remember being like, dude, I think I could do this every day was when I was a sophomore in high school. 
and we did our high school did a production of Greece, and um, and who did you play? I played Duty. <laughs> <laughs> these and magic changes. These magic changes. I yep. I sang the song "These Magic Changes" in front of the school, and just the reaction and the the joy and fun that I had during that time was like, I remember, I think it was, I, I got done with my first performance and I came off stage and I thought, man, I don't think I really want this to end. Like, I think I could do another, I think I could do, you know, I think I could do eight shows a week sort of thing. And um, so that was kind of the first moment of like performing and music being something that I was like, man, I really want to do this all, all day long. Um, and then, so that was my sophomore year. I didn't really start seriously writing songs until I was about a senior in high school. Um, I kind of thought that, you know, that musical theater world was what I wanted to do. Um, but after writing and just kind of starting that, I, uh, I kind of found that I liked the process of writing and, um, just that world a little bit more than the musical theater world. And so my senior year of high school, I started writing and just, um, I kind of fell in love with that and had a really good time doing that. And that was where it all kind of started. And I've learned a lot of things about myself along the way, but that was kind of, those were some of the first moments that I was like, man, this is, this is a pretty good time. So like you said, you, you thought maybe the musical theater thing was going to be your jam for a while and pursued mm -hmm. that. And, and, and really I would say had some success there and had some some doors maybe like cracked open a little bit for you. Mm -hmm. um, do you think you've closed the door on that? Or do you think you'd like to revisit that at some point? You know, I just, I just love music and I've had a couple opportunities to go see a couple of professional shows over the last month and a half. And man, I always, the, the opening number starts and I've always just got the biggest smile on my face. Like I love live entertainment so much and it's it's so much fun to me to watch that and you know there's there is for sure a part of me that like wishes i could be a part of that and i don't know that you know like if someone came up to me and said hey we've got this opportunity for you but it's musical theater you know i would i would say you know that sounds great let's do it if that's you know if that is the way that i would be able to continue making music um, or I guess start making music. My, <laughs> my You're career. making music. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I'm making music. I don't know that music is making my career yet. But <laughs> hey, we're 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 getting there. We're well, getting... you and me both, dear. Uh -huh, so, uh huh. So, I mean, I I have definitely not shut shut those doors. I think I have attempted to walk through some other ones to see um to see if those doors might be open. Um. But for sure, I know like, you know, being an artist is definitely what I'm pursuing now. But, you know, hopefully that would, you know, just continue to open up more avenues and, and things like that. So because it is a world that I really, really enjoy. And I think so much of the music is so creative and the storytelling and everything. So, no, I definitely have not shut those doors 100 okay. percent. I'm just trying to walk through some other ones right now. Sure. That's a great way of saying it. Um, so tell me 
we're going to get back to more of your journey in just a second, but tell me what does a day in the life look like for you right now? So when people hear that you, cause I've had people ask me, you know, like what, what's he do down there? And, and you know, what's, what does stuff look like? And, and you say, um, I have absolutely no idea. <clears throat> yeah. I don't have a clue what that man is doing. Um, but I think it's interesting for people to see or to hear what it takes to kind of slug it out. I mean, mm-hmm. we'll talk, we'll talk about those people who kind of, you know, rise to fame fast and furious, but um, what is it, what does it look like on a daily basis for you or a weekly basis? Like, what does it mean for you to be pursuing music right now? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, well, first off I work about, I worked um, about 32 hours a week at a hotel. I'm a valet. I get to drive Lamborghinis and Ferraris. No, that's not true. I'm driving like Chevy Tahoes. And <laughs> You've driven like, a few nice ones. That's true. A little bit nicer. But I think when I say I'm a valet, people are like, wow. So like million dollar cars. <laughs> I'm like, well, not quite. Um, but yeah, so I do that. I work four days a week for eight hour shifts and, um, and I enjoy that. So that takes up uh, that takes up most of my time throughout the week. But um, after that, uh, my daily schedule now is just kind of I'll do that, and then I'll head to a coffee shop for a little bit and just kind of um, decompress and just do a couple of just random life things that I need to do and just kind of check in to see where I'm, just see where my life is at. And then from there, it's anywhere from meeting with producers that night. I meet with two different producers um, once a week. One of them is uh, a guy I live with. Um, and so I, I meet with producers. I meet with other writers. I, I try to get out and play, though I haven't prioritized that as much as I probably should have. Um, but honestly, it's just anything and everything. Um, there's a group at Vanderbilt that's student-led called The Music Room, and they put on a bunch of like social events for college-age kids. Um and stuff like that. So, I mean, I'll, I try to get to those events as much as I can. I'm actually going to a show later tonight that the music room is putting on. So it, it's, it's just anything and everything. You're trying to meet people. You're trying to just be friendly. You know, you're trying to, mm-hmm. um, it really is just anything and everything. I'm posting a lot of, a lot of TikTok videos, which is not something I particularly enjoy, but is very much a, a part of the music industry today. So mm-hmm. it just, it's kind of one of those, there are many things in slugging it out in the music industry that you have to do in order to do the things you love um but it definitely makes doing it there are much worse things i could be doing you know there are (laughs) there are very little there are very few things i have to do that i'm like i really don't want to do this today in order so that i can do the things i really want to do so Mm -hmm. it's a it's a pretty fair trade-off i would say and the truth is a lot of people's jobs are like that. Yours just happens to be sure. trying to make it in music. And mm-hmm. a lot of people have jobs like that. I want to interject here for anyone listening that, yes, you will hear the real life of Gina Bo on this podcast as my neighbor is building a shed and hammering and <laughs> my dogs, my dogs start barking. And yeah, you know, those sounds will make an appearance on this podcast and that's okay. So just... We're going to just keep trucking when we hear those sounds. So anyway. Um, I think that's what our listeners want. You know, they just want the real, they want the they, real Gina Bo. Do they? Because <laughs> I don't know anybody wants the real Gina Bo. Yikes. But Yikes. anyway. Um, okay. That's great. I think it's good to, for people to hear, you know, what that life looks like. Um, I want to touch 
briefly on a discussion that you and I have had um, from kind of a faith standpoint where you talk about what what kind of motivates you to sing or the mm-hmm. the thing that you have to get back to sometimes is, you know, remembering the joy of doing what you love to do because it, it can get really, really hard and really discouraging. And you mm-hmm. question, you question your calling and you question, you know, all your decisions and all that kind of stuff. So you mentioned something to me one time and hopefully you'll remember what that is. As I, I was going to say, up, you're but... really trying to like, rem- <laughs> remember this Harrison. Yeah. Please so, say this. Yeah. Um, but yeah, what, what is it that you kind of come back to that kind of centers you? Yeah. Um, well, I'm assuming, I think I know what you're talking about. It'll be funny if I go off on the wrong track. (laughs) Yeah. That was not what I meant. (laughs) Well, yeah. I mean, for a long time, I couldn't figure out what it was about singing that I loved so much. Um, but a couple years ago, I don't remember exactly when it was, but I've given this answer for a while now. Um, there's a, there's a movie called Chariots of Fire and I have not actually seen the movie, but the, there's a quote in the movie that is one of my all-time favorite quotes. And I'm, I'm not going to be able to give the whole context or do it justice. But essentially, there is a runner who is he's one of the like fastest runners in the world. He's a distance runner. And um, he's been training for the Olympics. And for certain circumstances, they, he's, he's, he's not going to be allowed to run, potentially. And he's talking to someone about about why he loves running, and um, please feel free to interject because I think I I think you might do a better job explaining. <laughs> no, you're yeah, you're real close. I'm just gonna yeah. let it go. You're real close. <laughs> <laughs> um, so he's a Christian. They want him to run on. They, and this is a true story. It's a yeah, true story. Yeah, yeah. So they want him to run on Sunday, and all and all the Christians are like, no, you can't because that's the Sabbath. You know, you're not supposed to, you know, you're not supposed to do that on the Sabbath. Is that right? And I, and I think, well, now you're making me question my knowledge of the movie too, but I think he, he has the conviction that he is, doesn't want to run on Sunday. I think, I think it's his conviction, but you know what listeners, you should go watch the movie and Mm -hmm. find it out for yourself. We're going to leave it up in the air. Yep. Anyway, the quote he says, is um shoot i'm forgetting like the first part of it now How's isn't it that isn't it that god made me fast yeah so that's that's the second half he, he says something like you know i think god made me to serve him and then he says but god also made me fast and when i run i feel his pleasure and that is something that i have that i have stuck with for a very long time now is just um you know I feel, I feel God's pleasure when I sing. I, you know, I feel like I, I really enjoy singing. I enjoy, insp- I, I've, I'm very easily inspired by other people and other people's music and live performances. And I think, you know, I think God has given me things um, in order to inspire people. So I think God has made me inspiring. And when I sing, I feel his pleasure. You know, I think God made me to sing. Yeah, I think, and I think you know you have been affirmed in people have affirmed your gift, and you know to mm-hmm. to be able to communicate well through singing, and people are moved by when you sing. And so I think when you say God made you inspiring, that that's what you mean is that you you it's been affirmed to you that you move people when you sing, and so out of 
out of that, you, you feel God's pleasure, which is, you know, I think that, I think you've had to come back to that many times, right. To kind of remind yourself of that. Well, for sure. I mean, especially with, you know, like I went from a very small, I was a, I was a slightly bigger fish in a very small pond to a very, very small fish in a very, very big pond. As far as it comes to moving from Nebraska to Nashville, you know, just being on TikTok more and everything, there can be a lot of pressure to, to, to think to yourself, okay, I got to make, I got to write a song that every, that everybody loves. You know, I got to write a song that I know people are going to like, because there is fear that, you know, if you don't do that, well, people, then they're not going to listen. And then I'm not going to get to keep doing this. So there's a lot of pressure on yourself to make something that people really love. And that can take so much of the, out of so much of the joy out of just the process of writing and, and singing and just being creative in general. If you're constantly worried about, you know, shoot, well, is people, are people going to like this song? I feel like that take was really, really bad, but I really need to post today, but I really hate the way it sounds. And I don't think the song is very good. So it, it, that quote has been very good for me to come back to say like, all right, well, what, what is the reason that I enjoy singing? Why, why do I want to do this? So yeah, it's, it's been a very important quote for me to come back to. And I also think for you, you know, you have chosen, I, I think there have been people in your life that have kind of assumed maybe, or wondered since you've done some worship leading and you're a believer and all that, will you choose the Christian music route? Mm-hmm. And you've been pretty firm and pretty clear, at least up until this point, that you want to pursue the pop route, which I think all the lines are getting blurry anymore anyway, but you want to you want to do what you feel called to do and, and what you feel yeah. like you're good at in that world. And mm-hmm. so because you are in that world, you know, you're, you're not in the Christian music where people are speaking that language all the time or, you know, reminding you of... Um, you know, you're not based in the church basically. And so I think all the more reason because you're not working in that world for you to remind yourself of, of why you're doing what you do and and why you love, because you are working in a world that, you know, where people have all kinds of different faith systems. For sure. And that was something that was like, was a pretty big, um, I guess culture shock isn't the word, but just change when I moved from Nebraska to Nashville was just kind of losing that kind of community of, of believers. And so it's not have that. And then to go into a world where, you know, more or less what we do is we, you know, we're entertainers and we have in order to entertain people, you know, you have to have something that people like. And, you know, when you're, there's a verse, um, I think it's Galatians one ten, and I'm paraphrasing, but essentially it says, you know, Am I living to like for the approval of, of people or of God? And it just talks a little bit about that. And, you know, the nature of what I do is that I'm trying to gain approval from people. And so when I was in Nebraska, I was still, I was, you know, still making music and everything. Oh, hi, Gus. Uh, you know, as an artist, like the nature of what we do is trying to win the approval of others. You know, we don't do it for that reason, or at least a lot of us don't. And Um, but it can be very easy to slip into a place where, you know, that's all you're concerned about, you know, is making people like the product that you have. And again, that is like just kind of a part of the world that we live in. But, um, 
when I was making music in still Nebraska, I, I had so many people just like keep me connected to keep me, you know, just grounded in, in our faith and, and in truth and moving to Nashville and really kind of being a part of, of a very different world. Um, it was easy to kind of lose sight of, of why I do the things that I do. And it's, yeah, you've had to kind of make some choices to put some things in place in your life to kind of get you back to that place too. Right. Do you feel like, yeah, for sure. I mean, so I think a lot of it was just being intentional about the people that I spend time with being intentional about getting out of my comfort zone to meet people that I know will be encouraging and be, and that can just remind me of, of truth. Mm -hmm. And so having that, and I mean, that's been the biggest change for me is just finding people that, you know, yeah, yeah, can just speak truth into your life. I think mm-hmm. is really, really important. Or, it, I mean, it is really important for sure. I have found that to be the biggest difference in my quality of life recently. Well, part of your story in getting to Nashville has involved um, a couple of different interactions with American Idol. And mm-hmm. so I want to touch on that journey a little bit. Um, the first time that you decided to audition for American Idol, I believe you you were in high school. Were you a sophomore or junior? I was a, ju- I was a junior in high school. Okay. And so that was an audition just in Omaha that you we drove up to early one morning. And, and how did Tackle. that go? Uh, yeah, okay. yeah. I mean, we, we drove up to Omaha. We drove about an hour to Omaha. I waited in line for how long do you think we waited? I, I don't know, a couple hours. A couple hours. It wasn't that long, but it was probably three, three plus hours. Yeah, maybe. I get up there. Gosh, I can't believe to this day that no one talked me out of singing Versace on the floor. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why, why no one put their foot down on that decision is baffling. I'm not sure you really asked for any, anyone's opinion. Uh, well, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not asking you to tell me what I was thinking in the moment. <laughs> Um, anyway, so I get up there, I sing my little 30 second snippet of Versace on the floor and I get done. I'm with, I go up with, I go up there with three other people. One person sings, I sing, two other people sing. We all walk up to this producer and she goes, yep, guys, thanks for your audition. It's going to be a no this time, but thanks for, thanks for doing what you do. And I walked off and I thought, oh, okay, that's all right. And I really had zero expectations, um, that year. And we drove home and it was a very uneventful day, which would not prove the case uh, over the next couple of auditions. Yes. So that was, you were what, 17, 16, 17 at that point. Mm -hmm. So fast forward um, a few years to sophomore year of college. Yeah. So it's 2020. Yeah. It's well, it's 2020. It's the summer of 2020. COVID has been in effect for a couple of months now. This is this is the summer before your sophomore year of college. So just so people know, you decided to go to the University of Nebraska as a uh, vocal performance major. And so yep. <laughs> you're laughing. I don't know why you're laughing. Uh, um, you know. it just, it's just part of the story. It is. Um, so you finish that first year and then you get an opportunity the summer before your sophomore year to audition. And, yes. and that it looks different. It did. It was all online. It was all virtual. And again, it was just an open thing where it was like, Hey, um, hop online, come audition. You've got like a minute to sing and it'll be fun. 
And so I hopped on, I was online for, man, I was online that day for about four hours. I got online, I was online about an hour. Then I got to perform. I sang for my first producer. I sang Sweet Creature by Harry Styles, which is still one of my favorite songs. A better choice than Versace. Yeah, I would agree. I would agree. And I got done singing. And again, I did not really have high expectations. I was like, you know, we're just going to do this. It'll be fun. And I, I got... I got done and the producer was like, oh, that was you know, very nicely done. Can you tell me a little bit more about yourself? And we talked for like two seconds. So she goes, I'm going to put you in this other room with another couple of producers. Could you sing again? And I said, for sure. And so they sent me over to another room and I said, hi, I'm Harrison. And I sang Sweet Creature again. And they said, it's a really great job, Harrison. Um, we're going to put you in this room with a couple other um, performers if that's all right. And I said, sweet. So they put me in there and oh, little, another virtual room. Another just so virtual I, room. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Another virtual room. And then I got called into one more virtual room and I sang one more time and they asked me some questions. I filled out some forms and they said, cool, Harrison, we'll let you know if you made it any further and we'll get back to you soon. And I think you had to upload some videos, didn't you? I did. I uploaded video. I uploaded three videos of me, of me singing. Okay. And one of them was one of them was Sweet Creature. I don't even know that I know the others. I've got them somewhere on my phone, probably. One of them was um, it was a Beatles song, wasn't it? Can't no, buy I, I was gonna do Can't Buy Me Love, and then I I think I I think they asked me to sing one of my originals, which I didn't want to do. I hmm. remember I was like, I don't wanna I didn't want to, but I think I did. I think I uploaded Wasted and I played it on guitar, which I had never done. I had never played <laughs> Wasted on guitar. Isn't it funny that we don't remember what those what those three songs were? Yeah. What the third one was. Anyway. Anyway. We've tried um, to block we've tried to block yeah, most of this yeah. out of our minds. But anyway, okay, keep going. So about a month later, I got an email saying, Hey, congratulations, you've made the next cut. You're gonna get to sing for the judges. You're gonna be on TV. We're gonna record you. You're gonna fly out to California. We'll pay for everything. We'll see you out there in a couple, in like a month. It was awesome. It was like, wow, we're going to get to go to California. It's all COVID stuff. So we had to get tested a bunch. And anyway, leading up to going out to California, you and I both get tested for COVID and we mm -hmm. were good to go the day before we leave, if I'm not mistaken. So we're like golden. We get, we get on the plane, we fly to California, we get off. I met a man with a sign that said he was there for Scott's tots, which I thought was really <laughs> funny. I got on a bus with a couple other contestants and we drove about an hour and a half, two hours to Ojai and got off, took another COVID test and we got in to our hotel rooms where we were required to quarantine for two days. I kind of forgot about that. Yeah. there And there was one point where they let us out to go film the opening sequence where Ryan Seacrest, mm -hmm. you know, welcomes everybody. And so I remember we stood on this golf course forever and it was so hot. Yeah. <laughs> it was brutal. Like I went and stood in the shade for a while, but we're uh -huh. like spelling, we're spelling out the letters to idle. And, yeah. um, but anyway, so they let us out of our rooms to go do that. But other than that, we, we, like all the meals were brought to our room. Uh -huh. Yeah. You did not leave. Yeah. I remember going a little crazy. And also at this time, it is important to recall that I did not feel good. Um, but I couldn't sing very well because something was wrong with my throat. I felt like I couldn't sing 
my highest stuff very well. It felt very like nasally and just wasn't good, which is so crazy that we didn't see what was coming. Well, I think you thought part of it was you, oh. you, ha- you, you hate flying and your ears always like plug up. You mm-hmm. you're like, you're, you're miserable when you get off of a flight. Since then, I've actually been able to figure this out and fix the problem. But at the time flying, I hated flying because of how much pain I would be in when we would come down. Mm-hmm. And I remember that being one of the worst, worst times of that. And my ears didn't pop. My ears didn't pop really until we got back to Nebraska. Right. Yeah. Which is a spoiler. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, anyway, so we've been quarantining in our room for two days. It's about 930 and I'm, I'm going to go sing for the judges the next morning. And I can't wait. I'm so excited. I got my song all ready to go. I got my backup song all ready to go. And, and we could literally see where the judges were Yeah, well, from I mean, our, yeah. from our room. Like I, I, it, it was a hundred yeah. yards from our place. Yeah. Uh-huh. I had, yeah, we had seen the set essentially. And at like nine 30 ish, we get a call from one of the producers. Oh no, I got a message. You got an email. I got an email. It says your COVID results are ready. And I had COVID. And then we got a call from Amy, I believe was her name. Mm-hmm. And she said, yeah, you have COVID. You're not the only person, but we got to send you home. And we couldn't fly because we had COVID. Well, you did. I, they said, they said, if you, cause my results weren't back yet. Mine came in about a half an hour later. And they said, if you're positive, then we're going to, we're going to get you both to LA and you're going to quarantine in a hotel room for two weeks in LA. And, and, we, and we thought, absolutely not. I was like, you're nuts. If you think, <laughs> I, if you think I'm going to do that. Well, yeah. thankfully, um, Thankfully, I was negative. negative, And so we actually considered, we we considered not telling anyone and flying home anyway, even though you had COVID, which at that time, that was a big no-no. I was going to say that was, uh, yeah. But we decided pretty quickly that that was not the action to take. Yes, yes. We do. We do have a little bit of integrity. Yes. So we were also, I was not in a good place. (laughs) No, you were not. Um, You were not. Yeah. So we ended up, yeah, we ended up the next morning. Um, and ba- and it, it, to to their credit, the idle people were awesome. They were. They were. However, nice. the the truth is, I mean, you do kind of feel like a leper at that point because yeah. they're like dropping food at your door and not opening the door, and I mean, it was you are kind of treated like don't get near anyone, and so they told me this. They told me I had to sit in the back seat of the car the whole way home <laughs> because if not that would like guarantee that you got covered which you yeah did. I, yes but. so we drove we, anyway long story short we drove from ojai to la got a different rental car and drove the 24 hours home 24 hours home we did it in 32 but there was a total driving 32 it was 32 total hours because we stopped at a hotel. Oh yeah. Yeah. We stopped and spent the night. Yeah. And that's then right. we, and then we took off again, but it was 24 hours of driving. Yes. And I couldn't help. I couldn't help you at all because I was not old enough to drive a rental car. So you drove 24 hours home. Yes. You're welcome. Yep. Um, so let's go back to the moment that you find out that you you're done. Yeah. What, what are the next 12 to 24 hours feel like for you? Um, I remember taking it really poorly, but also not feeling like 
the thing that hurt the most was not even getting a chance because I had, again, I had very low expectations for the judges. I was like, I'm going to go, I'm going to sing my song. And if I make it awesome, that would be so much fun. If not, that's okay. I, I, that was really how I was going into it. But the fact that I was so close and so close to something that maybe could have been really, really special. And then I didn't even get the chance. I had gone through so much in order to, you know, give myself this opportunity. And then it just didn't happen. That sucked more than anything. Mm -hmm. But I honestly, I remember even in the moment being like, well, something else must be coming. You know, like there must be, there must be something else. And which if it happened today, just, you know, I, I remember being at like a really good place with, you know, when it came to my faith and all of that different stuff at that time. So I think that was the reason that my mind reacted as well as it did, even though, like I said, I mean, I, I remember getting the news and I cried in the hotel room. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I'm not going to give myself too much credit, but I do remember coming back and being like, you know, it is there, there must be something more. Like there must mm-hmm. be, you know, there must be something more. And then I watched the making of Frozen 2 all the way home. Yes, which is amazing. Really, really good. Really good. Yeah. Aside from one thing, which I won't give that away, but you and I both frustrates us. But anyway, um, so we drive home. You are in your sophomore year of college. You've left that experience wow. behind you you get through your sophomore year of college and you're really struggling with whether or not you should be in school anymore. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, school's expensive. College is expensive. And so it just kind of felt like for what I was doing, a classroom wasn't going to get me very far or what I like, what my dreams were. And so the, the biggest thing was honestly, was those two guys coming to me and saying, Hey, we're going to move to Nashville. Do you want to come with? It mm-hmm. was just like the perfect opportunity and two great dudes. So um, yeah, it all worked out. It all worked out It all. It, the decision was really, really hard up until I made it. And then I was like, Oh yeah, this is like what I'm doing. Like, this is like what's supposed to be happening right now. Mm-hmm. At that point, idol had not totally um, been wiped out as an option. So, no. <laughs> so you did audition again. I auditioned two more times. Well, one for the voice. No, I right. auditioned. Well, if you're counting that, I auditioned three times because I auditioned twice for American Idol in the span of one season. Oh, okay. I auditioned twice for them and both times didn't, didn't even make it past the initial, the initial producer. I auditioned for the voice and made it to like, I made it through the first round of applicants and then after uploading some videos, which I felt didn't go very well. And also I just, I really did not like the process that the voice was going through. It felt like it really didn't have anything to do with my singing. You know, it felt like they didn't really care about if my voice was good or not. I ended up not making that as well. Um, and yeah, that, that was also pretty, I, I, I do remember being pretty disappointed by that as well. I think one of the things that you and I have talked about a lot, though, is and I and I think this is one of the things that has allowed you to handle those disappointments. You have always said that you approached those things as 
really just opportunities to meet people and to experience things and to potentially find people to work with. And it, it was never for you about, you know, winning or achieving that, I guess that kind of <laughs> attention or whatever it was. I mean, mm -hmm. some of it maybe would have been about, Hey, maybe I'll get some more social media followers and that kind of stuff. And maybe more people will become aware of my original music. Um, so I think your perspective on that whole journey has been really good and healthy um, and so now, as I think I even asked you the other day, you know, Hey, you think you'd ever do that again? And you were kind of like, well, I think, I think that ship has sailed, um, because there are other doors that have opened for you and you've had success in other areas. And so, um, I think all in all, I don't think you look back on those times as being negative, even though they did bring some disappointments. Mm -hmm. No, not at all. Yeah. I mean, I didn't even want, I didn't want to win. Like had mm -hmm. I gotten on American Idol, I, I didn't want to win. I, yeah, like you said, I just wanted to get a little bit more exposure and just the experience and yeah, just meet people and maybe have doors open from that. But even from the very beginning, I was like, I don't want, I don't want to win the show and just have to deal with everything that that's going to come with. So yeah, no, I would say that was a pretty accurate uh, depiction of what I wanted my life to be. Yeah. So right now you are putting out music mm -hmm. on all streaming platforms, that kind of thing. You're kind of doing it um, a single at a time. So give people a little insight into what the next 12 months might look like for you or what, what kind of your plan is and uh, what you're hoping to have happen in the next 12 months to five years. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, I mean, right now the big kind of plan for the next year is I have multiple projects that are going to be coming out. Um, I enjoy writing a lot of different styles and genres of music and, um, each of these next couple of projects are going to kind of be a specific style or a genre. The first one's going to be the first full project is going to be coming out in December, going to be coming out within the next four weeks. And I'm excited to announce that. Um, and then beyond that, yeah, it's just more, it's just more music is going to be released and, um, hoping to maybe spend some time just touring some college towns, come, yeah, some college towns and, um, just playing some house shows and all of that. And it's interesting as a musician, as an, as an artist, you can only plan so far ahead because you just don't know what your life is going to look like. And so I'm doing my best, you know, plan for what, I'm doing my best to plan for like the best case scenario while also understanding that that could very much not, not be the case and learning mm -hmm. to go with the flow on that. What kind of advice would you give to somebody who maybe thinks, okay, I think I want to do that. Like I want to, I want to just take the plunge and dive deep and, and I want to chase, you know, and maybe it's not even a music dream. Maybe it's just, you know, some, something in the creative realm that they want to mm -hmm. do, you know, what, what's your advice to people? Yeah. Well, I mean, other than the obvious of just, you know, putting in the hours and, you know, really dedicating yourself. Um, I think surrounding yourself with, with people better than you is maybe the best thing you can do. Surrounding yourself again, like for believers, you know, surrounding yourself with people who can continue to speak truth into your life. But as far as, you know, your career goes and, and your craft, I mean, I would just say surround yourself with those people that, that you look up to and, you know, that you admire because they're, they're going to push you to be better. You're going to learn so much. I think take almost every opportunity you can and just have an open mind about what things might look like because I feel like there's a lot of things 
that I probably assumed before coming down here that ultimately I was wrong or ended up having my opinion changed a little bit. Yeah, I think just just finding the community is really mm-hmm. important and finding a community in general is is probably the most important thing, at least in my opinion. The first thing you mentioned as far as like putting in the work, um, I always tell people like when they ask about your journey or whatever, and, and maybe they say something, you know, complimentary about your voice or writing or whatever. And I always do try to remind people that, yeah, I, I do think you have a natural gift for doing what it is you do. But I think the thing that has maybe set you apart a little bit is, is probably your work ethic. And that's just something that you've kind of had in, in a lot of areas of your life is like, even with basketball, I mean, you just, you, you had some natural ability, but you also worked really hard. And, um, what a lot of people may not know is that, you know, when you, when you first wanted to go down to Nashville and you went down when you were 19, I believe, and recorded down there, like a first batch, a first batch of songs kind of a thing. Um, you and I had this conversation where, you had asked, you know, at what point, you know, would, would you take me to Nashville and to meet people or to work down there or record or whatever? And, and you remember what I told you you had to do first? You told me I had to write a hundred songs before you even considered <laughs> taking me, <laughs> taking me down there. And, and, and you did, you didn't have a hundred complete songs, but you had a bunch of and it probably sure. took you what a year maybe year and a half to yeah i mean i i asked you that i mean probably like the beginning of junior year and we didn't go until college we didn't, yeah we didn't go until the summer leading up to college so i mean it was it was a hot minute mm-hmm. um yeah yeah and and i guess you know it it's it's worth saying that it those hours that you put in you know those were not they they weren't all great songs that you <laughs> wrote. Oh my gosh, weren't all great. There was maybe three of them <laughs> that I would still say like, "Hey, you should listen to these now." Yeah, but it was just it was just doing the work, and and you know, as a parent, me needing you to prove that you were serious about it, and it was obvious that you were. So, um, so yeah, I do think I think you have learned that that putting in the hard work to do what you love, but then also I think you're so right that the community of people that you surround yourself with makes a huge difference. So this podcast is called the hopeful creative. And I like to ask this question at the end. Um, What is giving you hope these days? I think one of the biggest things giving me hope right now is the community that I have found through the church that I go to and just again, being surrounded by people who can speak truth into your life. Um, because that was something I was missing for almost like the first whole year I was in Nashville. And I've just seen the difference in that. And um, honestly, I found a lot of hope in the routine um, recently that I've had for myself of just giving myself time every day after work to go be intentional about the things I'm about the things I'm doing in life and just kind of keeping a mental check of what's going on. And also just, just the, the music that I've been writing recently, I've really been enjoying. And, um, you know, I have, I have some days where I listen to the things I have written and I think, well, <laughs> do I, do I go sell insurance now? Like, and then, but most not, maybe not most days, but there are many days where the hope that I have found is in just the joy that I find with music. 
and you know just remembering why I do it and hoping that there's somebody out there who has experienced life a little bit the same way I have and enjoys the things that I've tried to say in my music. Well, it's been fun to watch. Uh, it's also been heartbreaking to watch at times. <laughs> you know, Yay. I mean, it's, yeah, it's one thing to experience those things yourself, but then to watch your kid go through them is like, oh, God, that's, it's hard. But um, the, the flip side of that is it's, it's also just so incredibly fun to watch what's happening with your journey. And, you know, super proud of how you've handled things. And I know it's not easy. And I know you've got you know, big dreams, but you also have find simple joy in it as well. So, um, yeah, I'm excited for what's ahead and I'm sure I'm going to ask you to be on this podcast again. So looking forward to it. Hopefully you enjoyed <laughs> hanging out for an hour with your mother. Oh, I always do. That's oh, that is, did. that's why I call you for an hour every night. <laughs> yeah, that is the right answer. Uh-huh. Okay. Thanks. We'll, uh, we'll do this again soon. Well, I certainly enjoy all of these interviews, but there is definitely something special about getting to chat with one of your own kids for a little while and hear about Harrison's journey and share that with you. So I hope you enjoyed that conversation. You can find his music anywhere music is streamed and go follow him on all the social media platforms, like, subscribe, share, all those good things. And yeah, be on the lookout for new music coming from him very soon. And we've got some really exciting things coming up here in the next few weeks. And I'm excited about the next few episodes that we're going to share with you. So be sure to check back next week. And yeah, thanks again for being here. And I will see you next time on The Hopeful Creative. (laughs) 